This is Konzenshu, the podcast, episode 332 for the week of April 28th, 2013. What up, Oseo? Welcome to Konzenshu. The podcast. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Konzenshu. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Once again, it is Ye Olden Dizey X Takeover episode. Two of us here. My name is Mike Vegito EX, and joining me, the other half of one half of the site. <laughs> half of the half. You are the other quarter. Uh, Julian, what up, dude? Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty good it's golden week vacation but with the way the holidays are arranged this year i've got to work for a couple of days in the middle oh do you yeah but i do have monday off so oh nice okay so a later recording time isn't too bad for you well i still have to get up in the morning because we're going to visit my wife's grandmother and we're going to have crab with my father-in-law in in namba oh nice and uh, elena is very excited about that she loves (laughs) crab very nice ah So, man, how you doing? Not bad, not bad. I'm feeling pretty good. I got all those translations kind of looming over my shoulder, but I've decided I'm not <laughs> going to worry about them until I got some time to do something about them. Yes, that's the, that's the way to handle it. If you can't do anything about it, just let it slide. It's all good. You're good. I mean, I've got the main stuff. I mean, we ought to hit the official movie guide and the theatrical program, and there's all those other interviews. But hey, we'll get to them. In due time, in due time. Julian, you're kind of going to lead this episode a little bit here, too. We are going to do a follow-up to a prior episode, back on episode 324 of our show here, which... Actually, is isn't all that long ago, but I suppose that was a couple months ago. Uh, you headed off to try out for a show called Hokotate. That's right. You didn't make GTV. it. I didn't make it into the group of people in the quiz itself. No, but you, that. you did make it onto the show, and we are going to cover the show uh, in a more official review capacity here. We're going to, I mean, can you just break down the episode if you had to give one or two sentences? What is this show and why are we very excited to cover it? So Hokotate is a show where you pit two sides who claim to be the very best and unbeatable against each other and see which one gives. So in this case, it was Dragon Ball fans, a group of four of them, against people who worked professionally on the Dragon Ball series. Very cool, very cool. So what we'll do in our topic portion of the show is we'll cover who was actually on the show, who were the four contestants, and who were the four production experts, and uh, we'll actually go through all the questions, and we're not going to give you the answers, but we'll kind of steer you all back, and uh, it's one of this honor system things where as we're going through the show, write down your answers and then come back to us and we'll compare notes and see how we all did so that's what you can look forward to as our topic a review of the show and a uh, cruise through all the questions julian it's been a rather light week but we do have a couple good news stories to go through we've got our topic and we actually have a bunch of good questions from uh fans as well listeners of the show visitors of the website so i say we jump right in all right first story this week was one that really came out of nowhere. None of us anticipated something like this. We never expected this to happen. And that's Dragon Ball Z for Kinect came to Xbox Live Games on Demand. Now, the reason we weren't expecting anything like this is because digital distribution for Dragon Ball games has really been laughable. There have been a couple demos that have made their way to things like Xbox Live and PlayStation Network and even the mean not known Nintendo channel over in Japan, Dragon Ball DS got a demo uh, over on that service. But that's really been it. There were a couple games I think that went up back when Atari still had the sub license. I'm rather certain that Shin Budokai 2 Another Road was available for download on PSN, but that was taken down after the license reverted back to Namco Bandai. But other than those kind of little things here and there, that's been it for digital distribution. You had to buy the physical product, but DBZ for Connect is available as of this past week on Xbox Live Games on Demand, $24.99. It's going to run you uh, three and a quarter gigs on your hard drive. Thing is, the game is uh, just under $19 on Amazon right now, so it's still cheaper to buy the physical version of it or you could just not buy it and that would be (laughs) totally okay too 
Okay. That's all I got on that one for you. <laughs> like, there's a thing. Next story, Julian, keep us going. Okay. Well, apart from that, we also have the Z Warriors Gather starter decks for the Miracle Battle Cardas series of, um, what is it, um, sort of this collectible card game in Japan. Yeah, you know, we actually had a couple questions on the forum this past week. What's the difference between the Data Cardass series and then Dragon Ball Heroes? And like you just said, collectible card game versus video arcade game. That's pretty much the distinction there. Yes. It's still a collectible card game, Dragon Ball Heroes, yeah, but sure, Heroes sure. requires the actual arcade unit in order to play properly. Right. And um, yeah, Miracle Battle Cardass, for one thing, it uses the Kai branding for the Dragon Ball. It uses multiple jump series, including One Piece and I think Toriko and a couple of others. And um, yeah, it's a traditional tabletop game. You have your mana, which is jump power. And I don't play it, but I've seen kids playing it and they seem pretty interested in it. So what's this so, yeah. uh, starter deck? This ties in with the previous Miracle of God booster expansion thing? Yes. This is a starter deck and it's got a lot of... Um, cards from the Miracle of God booster pack that came out recently in conjunction with the new film Battle of Gods. So it's got a number of movie villains, including Broly, Hirudegarn, Slug, Kula, Merge 13, Tullus, and Beerus. But uh, these are not, in fact, included in the deck itself. The deck itself is composed of more traditional heroic-type characters and has a selection of um, sort of uh, regular cards and some rarer ones. And it'll set you back 1260 yen if you want to get it, if you have somebody to play against. And uh, it actually came out back on the 12th of April, but uh, I didn't find out about it until I looked in V-Jump. <laughs> so These kind of things fly into the radar sometimes. Yeah. So the cards themselves, so there will be 40, and uh, you'll get 10 jump power as well, and a play sheet, as well as a rule sheet. Can you basically pick this up and kind of get going from here, or do you need some other stuff, or do we not even really know, because we're too old? Well, need somebody to play against. Well, I understand that part. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I'd assume that you can just sort of pick it up and go, although you're probably not that powerful if you've just got right. the starter deck. Yeah, you want some older cards, too. All right, let's move on, then. Uh, this is sort of a news story, but sort of not a news story, and it's one of those... We got more information on the Chogashu, which is the new Super Illustration Collection, except the information is stuff we already knew, and like I said, a combination of wrong information. Julian, what is wrong about what they're saying? Okay, so what's not wrong, first, is that, well, what we already knew... This is going to have over 400 illustrations from the start of serialization, so not 1985, like they'd been saying previously, which was also wrong, uh, up to now. And a special interview with original author Akira Toriyama, although we don't know whether it's a new interview or just his interview from Daizenshu Volume 1 repackaged, uh, and a special poster. But... Funny thing is, both Weekly Jump from last week and V Jump both assert that this is the first ever Dragon Ball illustration collection. Um, no. Not it's, true. It's not, it's not even the first one branded as an illustration collection because Daizenshu Volume 1 was complete illustrations. Right, right. With our English word, illustrations. Yes. And even apart from that, there's uh, back in 1991. Mm-hmm. 1990. I don't remember which anymore. I think it was 1990, probably. Am I right? Well, I don't know. What are you What are you asking about? Oh, oh. There's the Akira Toriyama, the world. Oh, the world. Books. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah there it was about 1990. 1991. Sure. Yes, which is not exclusively Dragon Ball. It's got Doctor Slump and a couple of other works of his in there. But that's also an illustration collection that has a lot of Dragon Ball in it. So this is by no means the first Dragon Ball illustration collection. And then even beyond that, just more recently, back in 2010, we had the Golden Warrior, which sure wasn't Toriyama specific, but it was an illustration artwork collection of Dragon Ball. So really any way you want to define it, whether it's Toriyama only or Toriyama only plus other series or just extra Dragon Ball illustrations we've had it before, so it's not the first. It's really weird that they said that. That seems like very basic oversight. Well, I have to assume that the intended audience of the magazine probably doesn't know any better, but still. Yeah, but why even bother saying it? Just like, the biggest and the best ever. Saikyo no Illustration Collection. Come on. Take that up with editor Ioku. All right, you know what? We'll send Greg off to uh, bust some heads over there. Okay. He's the only one we got. He's got to go do it for us. All right, yes. let's move on then. Let's talk about Dragon Ball Heroes. We were hinting at it earlier. Julian, we've had a few updates this year. Galaxy 
Mission 6, I think, dropped back in January-ish. That sounds about right. And then Galaxy Mission 7 was maybe one or two months ago. We're gearing up for Galaxy Mission 8 now. Yeah, already. And it was previewed in this month's issue of V-Jump, which is actually the June 2013 issue. You know how that works. Right. But we get lots of villains and characters from the movies. Yeah, a lot that we're like, hey, why hasn't this character ever shown up yet? Is they kind of jumped around with movies early on. Yeah, I mean, I think we had, who did we have? Janemba and some other characters. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, a lot of the early movies and some very iconic movie villains had yet to make an appearance. But uh, we find the single player mission for Galaxy Mission 8 has Garlic Jr. Hooray! <laughs> As the main boss. I'm so excited. Yay, Mike. We get to go to Garlic Castle. Yes. And uh, meanwhile, there are other movie boss characters who will enter the fray and stand in your way, such as Hirudegarn and Broly and Kula and Tullus and Slug and Beerus. Of course. I mean, he's been in there for two galaxy missions now in different capacities but i mean yeah never mind that after him garlic jr is yeah right (laughs) yeah well whatever whatever. so julian this is dropping may 18th and uh no signs of slowing down no i mean this seems to be really popular with the kids it's always occupied when i go see it at the video arcade area of the Eon Mall near my house. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, let's actually jump back a little bit while we're talking about V-Jump. Uh, I don't think we hit this last week, but uh, Victory Mission Chapter 8 was in this issue of V-Jump as well. The fight is wrapped up. So what's kind of going on in this chapter? Well, um, sort of a aftermath sort of thing. So Beat has lost and Froze has won, but we find that Froze has a secret. Uh-oh. Uh, So, well, first off, Note and that other girl whose name I've already forgotten if it was ever given in the first place, (laughs) um, sort of comment on how Froze is a machine with no emotions, but Beat saw him smile, so he knows that's not true. Uh, But the two girls end up challenging each other to a duel, and they fight against each other until their arena goes black, and it turns out their machine has been unplugged by (laughs) Froze, who tripped over the plug when he was pushed around by these bullies making fun of his devotion to his cards uh-huh can i play froze okay okay he says shit cards is not garbage yes and then the but uh the bullies make fun of him and the lead bully has this rare beerus card which makes all other cards worthless to him but um the heroes intervene and decide to wipe the floor with the bullies in real life where they're not so powerful. Beat gives Froze his cards back and saying he now understands why he couldn't win. And then Froze's parents show up, also speaking English, and Froze departs. So, Julian, th- this was only, what, five pages? This yeah. Cameron? Okay. So, if you don't know, this is this ongoing promotional, very small manga that's in V-Jump each month, really uh, tied in with Dragon Ball Heroes, showing you some strategies and upcoming things. Uh, the author is Toyataro, who we don't know anything about. Uh, pretty sure it's Toyable from Dragon Ball AF, but no confirmation on that. Uh, this was a very, very different chapter because Toyataro is pulling in almost these real life emotions and things that children have to deal with, like being so dedicated to their card games and looking like crazy otaku children and being bullied by people. Um, th- this does not resonate with me at all in any way as an adult now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, but it's sad. And I guess. bullying is a fa- fact of life for many children. Yes. So I guess this is showing a kind of message that you can make friends and right. everything will be better as long as you are true to yourself and your cards. And you believe in the power of cards, I guess? I sure. guess. It's so shonen. All right, let's okay. leave Heroes behind. Let's talk about another game. Well, nope, this is more Heroes. Dragon Ball Heroes Ultimate Mission on the Japanese Nintendo 3DS. This would have been its eighth week on the charts, were it not for the fact that it finally fell off the charts. It debuted really, really nicely. It took a dip, then Battle of Gods came out, then it went right back up, but it has fallen off both the Media Create and the Famitsu sales lists for its eighth week, which would have been April 15th to April 21st. So we don't have any more exact figures. We do know it has passed 160,000 copies. And I think at this point, we can expect it to no longer show up again because, well, that's how game sales work. 
So it's more of this non-news than real news, but I think it was worth uh, tossing out there to say, hey, did well, and we're probably done for now. Now, Julian, we have one last news story. This is going over to Battle of Gods. Our buddy Derek passed this our way. A little statement that we all totally overlooked, and as we read it, we were very, very careful in talking about this. Yes. And you know how the internet goes, but we'll get to that. So can you break down where the statement came from, who said it, and why we were careful about our interpretation? Yes. So this statement was made on the 29th of March, the day before the movie came out. It was made on the official website of the background music composer for Battle of Gods, Norihito Sumitomo. And what he said, want me to do this in English? Yeah, why don't Japanese? you actually read it in Japanese first, and then we can break down why it's translated the way it is. Okay. Sa, yo-yo, Dragon Ball Z, kami to kami no koukai desu. Kodomo tachi wa mochiron, otomo mo jubun tonoshimeru naiyo. Sekai 40 kakoku ijou de jowei sareru, masani chikyu teki kibou na sakuhin desu. Zehi eiga kan ni ashi o hakobi kudasai. Keshite koukai wa shimasen. Santora wo yoroshiku. Alright, so, why don't I read your English translation here, and then you can kind of tell me why I'm pausing in these strange places. Okay. It says, At last, it's the opening of Dragon Ball Z, Kami to Kami, Battle of Gods. The content has plenty to enjoy for children, of course, but even adults as well. It is truly a global-scale work, which is, will be, shown in 40-plus countries around the world. By all means, please get yourselves out to the theater. You definitely won't regret it. Please check out the soundtrack too now julian it's that which is or will be shown what's going on in there well japanese does not have a set distinction exactly between the present indicative and the future so it could go either way okay so he's saying it is going to be shown in 40 plus countries or will be shown even still okay that makes sense. That sounds like you're telling me Battle of Gods is going to be aired or shown or displayed well, internationally. That, that's the thing, because it's, it's very strange. It doesn't use like a present progressive thing, like it's the series that's aired in over 40 countries, which we've heard a lot of the promotional language. Right. I mean, a lot of people even responded and said, hey, you know, you go back to some of these early teasers and trailers, that's the wording from there. It's that Dragon Ball yes. is this global franchise from over 40 countries. And at the same time, there's also this thing where he, he specifically uses the word joe instead of hoe, which, so joe means to show in theaters and hoe means to air on TV. Okay. So he's specifically using the word for being shown in theaters. Of course, like you said, it's very, very close to the promotional language to the film that's appeared in the trailers and such. So it makes you wonder, is he just simply really, really botching what should be an easy promo thing? Or mm -hmm. um, is he trying to tell us something? Well, we, we don't know. But uh, we were very careful about putting in those qualifiers. But way the internet goes, naturally, everybody took that quote from us and said... It's going to air, or no, it's going to be shown in over 40 countries. Right. He said so. Not what we said, not what he said, but lol's internet. So now we're one of those people where you, uh, just like you were tracking down prior rumors, people can track back this rumor to us and at least say, hey, they had it right. They were careful. More hints at International Battle of Gods screenings? Right. <laughs> All right, man. So that's going to wrap up the news this week. It was slow, but good. Good amount of material. Yes. Lots of clarification stuff. I'm okay with that. So why don't yes. we transition here? Let's talk about your experience checking out Hokotate. So you actually had a nice opportunity to uh, travel back up to see the screening, even though you were not a final contestant. So we know what the premise of the show is. We've got these super fans pitted against uh, super editorial production staff. That's wonderful. We had a four on four here. Why don't we start with breaking down... Uh, who the eight people are. I think this is a wonderful introduction to the show here because it really shows the uh, the breadth of knowledge over there. Yes, it was a pretty incredible. And actually, the funny thing is that there were actually a couple of questions cut that were even harder than the ones that they included in the program. Oh, really? Yes. Were they kind of too fanboy-y for public consumption, you think? I think so, and I think in the interest of time, because they really cut it down to the point where I thought that was kind of a shame. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Well, we'll we'll start with the people. Uh, kicking it off here. Happy to say, friend of the site. Yes. So picking duck. He was profiled. I'm not really sure he'd want us repeating his name, although it was right there. It in is right there. <laughs> the TV show. Uh, but yes, he lives in Osaka Prefecture. He has an entire house devoted to his collection. And um, the funny thing is, um, as they were going through the house and showing everything, one of the comments from the peanut gallery, uh-huh. I think it was an AKB48 member, who said, wow, he has that whole house for his collection and he's not even married. And I thought... I heard that, yeah. She's needling him and I think, yeah, well, at least he's not an idol otaku. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Come on. He's not that pathetic. <laughs> There's always a lower place to go and AKB is that lower place. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was a great showcase. We got to see his bookshelves and everything. You've actually been to his house, right? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, he apologized for things being out of place, but he's very organized and you can just see everything on the shelves. It was incredible. He has recording scripts for the show and uh, like DVDs and comics from lots of different countries, including the English version. And he's... I told him, you know, if there's anything you need, you know, I'll, I can get it for yeah. you, track it down. And I think one of our, our favorite pieces of his collection, and this is going to tie into some of the questions, is that he has every individual issue of Weekly Jump that Dragon Ball debuted in. Yes. So we've already had a little bit of the results of that research on the site with the title pages of chapters, what was it, 12 and 19, no, 18, which were previously rather confused. So we got that information from him courtesy of his collection and we hope to have more of that in the future but he's been very very busy recently with his work so i haven't really had a chance to really you know sit down and tell him i'd like you to look at this for me (laughs) to work for us all right we'll move on so we've got him we've got 38 year old he's the oldest of the bunch and then we move on to the youngest of the bunch yes so kenshin hattori age 15 a junior high schooler yep he's a pretty pretty hardcore fan and you know he's from this generation sort of the interregnum as it were but yet he is a major fan who's read the entire comics who knows a huge amount of it in fact he got second place in the written test and uh, one of the shots was him sort of reciting this entire scene from the comics with sound effects to his very uninterested class (laughs) and also acting it out at the same time like the places of the punches and everything yeah 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 Yes, so he has this all in his head. Very nice, very nice. And uh, next up, we have Daichi Shiraishi, age 31, who's placed first in the written test. Oh, all right. Yes, and um, he was um, pretty intense as well in there. And finally, we have uh, Yoshihiko Maruyama, age 30, who I believe has some very young children. Yes, yes. Were these shots from his wedding that we saw in the episode here? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. So um, his wife is sort of ambivalent about it, but obviously his fandom shows through and he loves his kid. So we've got uh, basically our age contemporaries and uh, even a younger one in there. So that was uh, really nice to see. Yeah. And up against them, we have the pros. Oh, geez. Love these guys. So good. So we have Tadayoshi Yamamuro. If you're listening to us, you know that name. You know this guy. Yes. Character designer and animation supervisor who handled a lot of the later part of Dragon Ball Z in conjunction with uh, Katsuyoshi Nakatsuru, as well as on his own for, I think, Dragon Ball Z Movie 8 onwards, doing all the character designs. And of course, Battle of Gods. Yes, of course, as well, not as character designs, but as the animation, animation supervisor, supervisor, of course. Yep. Yes, uh, he tried doing character designs, but Toriyama <laughs> shut him down. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, we got three other great guys, though. Yes. So next up, a name you might not have heard, but whose work you definitely have. Mm-hmm. Hidenori Arai, age 54, and his badass mustache. Oh, yeah. He did all the sound effects for the series by himself. He's sort of, if you were into Star Wars, you may have heard the name Ben Burt. Well, this is the Dragon Ball equivalent. So the, the sound effect that they showcased in the, ser- in the show itself was the Ozaru scream was him yelling into um, like an oil drum or a steel drum. Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool. And next up, Fuyuto Takeda, age 51. 
bigwig at Chueisha. He was Toriyama's third editor, coming in in late cell games and staying on through the end of the series. He is sort of a person who has a reputation for being more laid back than Toriyama's earlier editors, but he still knows his stuff and he is intimately acquainted with the series. Definitely. And finally, we have Akio Ioku, age 43, the youngest of the bunch. He is the editor in chief of V Jump and Psycho Jump, but he is also a serious fan. I mean, if not, he wouldn't have the job that he has, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. I mean, V Jump, Dragon Ball never was published in V other than Victory Mission right now, but uh, obviously, always right there with the series promoting the games and other merchandise tie-ins. And now, of course, Dragon Ball SD is running in Psycho Jump, courtesy of Naho Oishi. So uh, much familiarity, of course, as you said. Yes. Now, Julian, I have to ask you, all right, we've got these four fans, we've got these four production experts. What is the goal here? What is up for grabs other than just the title of awesomeness? So the it's sort of the glory of uh, seeing who will give and who will be the victor. And um, I'm not really sure what the prize was. I think there's money involved. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I know for the One Piece ones, Greg got a very nice um, illustration from One Piece author Eijiro Oda, but I'm not sure if Toriyama's up for that sort of thing. Right. Well, there, so, there was uh, a piece of artwork and a message from Toriyama that was displayed. Yes, that's very true. So there was an illustration of Goku with a spear and a shield, which is Hokotate. And his uh, message was that it had been so long that these guys probably have forgotten most of it by now. So uh, it'll be an easy victory basically <laughs> so good luck that's what we expected from him all right so yes. what we're going to do here is we're going to run through the questions that were presented on the show itself and then afterward maybe julian if you remember any others we can kind of toss some things into the mix here but uh like i said earlier we're not going to give you the answers right here we want you to think about it digest the questions reflect do not refer to anything this is total honor system here and then along with the episode we'll link the forum thread we will provide all the answers as they were given so julian why don't I act as uh, the fans to the pros and then we can kind of flip roles here. This is a really okay. interesting question and maybe we can describe why it's interesting. The first question was, who was the opponent in the fight where Goku launched a Kamehameha with his left hand on top and his right hand on the bottom? This is a serious question here because you, you picture that move always right hand on top. So there was yes. one instance where, no, those actually flipped. Yes. And uh, should I give any kind of hints? What do you think? Um, uh, I, I, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't. Oh, okay. We'll just let it be. All so right. Maybe that's enough of a hint. Why? Why would it have been different? Something like that. So we'll yes. let it be. Let's move on. All right. So question from the pros to the fans. Number one. Uh, name all the champions of the Tenkaichi Budokai given in the comics. All right, so we're not going to give you any hints here other than you need to think about additional statements given in the series. We see certain Budokai, we don't see all of them. That's all we're going to give you. Let's move on. The next question from the fans to the pros. I, th I thought this one was kind of easy. What is the special technique Goku showed off only in the anime and only once think about that anime only technique that goku used only once i thought it was easy but maybe you don't know so julian yes so the question from the pros to the fans number two give the contents of the eighth winch granted in the series and which planet it was granted on Oh, I like that. It wasn't just what is the wish, but it's also where was it granted. Now, we're not going to give you any hints on this. Uh, you'll probably end up doing what the fans on the show did, which was, all right, give us pen and paper. We're going to just start counting and writing things out. My favorite part of this was at the end. Not only did they answer the question, but when they turned it around, it was all 22. Yes, it was all the wishes in the series. <laughs> like, we got it. We're not messing around here. Good yes. stuff. Okay, the next question from the fans to the pros. And this is what I was talking about earlier with You Need Weekly Jump here. What was the mistake in the chapter serialized in Jump from 1993, issue 27? So it's not even what kind of mistake, it's just this issue of Jump, and you don't even know what chapter that would be, what was the mistake? So for this, you kind of have to almost work backward and say, all right, it was 1993. So where about in the series would that be? What kind of mistake could there be? And there's pretty much no way for you to know this without being there as a part of the Japanese Weekly Jump. So we're not going to give you the answer, yes. but uh, pretty much you're not going to know this. Yes. 
But uh, we will say it does have to do with Toriyama being forgetful. Yes, as many mistakes come from. All right, moving yes. on. Okay, question from the pros to the fans. Number three, what technique belonging to whom does this sound belong to? If you don't know this, you have not seen the series. Come on now. Come on now. That was a good one. All right, moving on. Next question from the fans to the pros. Name all the characters in the comics who called Kintone and the number of times that they called it. This is hardcore question here, man. Yeah, um, and I'm also blanking on the answer right now, so uh, <laughs> hold on. No, no, but, it's all uh, right. We don't need the answer right now. We're gonna okay. we'll link it. We'll link it later. But that's. Okay. I almost feel like this is unfair. Yeah, that's that. That is pretty rough. All right, so we got a couple more here, and the fact that we only have a couple more here probably tells you something. Uh, so this is a tricky one. On one co- cover illustration of the Tankobon, there is a vehicle on which a dragon holding a dragon ball is drawn. What volume is it? And how many stars are on the dragon ball? What star ball is it? And remember, you can't look this up. You have to picture in your head and try to come up with this answer. All right, so the last question here, and that's weird because we should have another question after this, but we don't. From the fans to the pros, give the name of Satan's longest technique which secured his victory. So longest technique, we are not talking about, well, maybe we are talking about length of time, but it is the name of the technique. That's probably enough of a hint for you there. Now, Julian, there should be one more question here from the pros to the fans, but we do not have that question. Why is that? Well, this is the question that secured the fans' victory because Ioku left out one of the words. (laughs) So the pros did not have a chance to answer again right however i will say that there are rounds in between where it was a draw constantly ah all right they left out for the interest of time some of the questions that you did not hear are for example a card that has bulma at four different points in the series please give her age at each part (laughs) okay so you gotta do math on that one yes and uh another one in the 2008 special there is a very brief cameo by an alien from another toriyama work Uh uh-huh what toriyama work was it so we'll leave that off we'll provide the answers to these as well in the forum thread uh, that means we have to do math as well well do you even remember the the points of time for bulma on the card not really okay one so of them was, one was in, one of them was at the peel off thing another gotcha. one was um i think when trunks came to earth right all right so I we can't know. answer okay, that might remember ah oh, so that was wonderful now julian you obviously didn't get to partake in it but we'll let you do some criticism here how do you think the fans did and how do you think the experts did I think the fans were absolutely astounding and the just the the sheer level of dedication I felt like they really deserved to be there of course I wanted to be in the quiz but I think they showed that they they had earned their spots uh I also think you know it was just incredible the way that they really took their time thinking about the questions and writing things out and that really doesn't come across in the program itself just no. because everything is cut down so much especially um, Hattori-kun, the youngest of the bunch, writing out and drawing out the illustrations from the Tangobon. Oh, really? To try and figure out which one it was. Yeah. Yeah, because we didn't see anything like that. The extent of writing we saw, like I said earlier, was the 22 Wishes. Well, how about the pros? What did you think the uh, the editors and the staff did? I thought they were really knowledgeable, and they really showed that they, they had their status secured, and that they, I don't know, <laughs> I'm searching for the right words, but they knew their stuff. Yeah, definitely did. And the ones that they got flipped up on were, I mean, how do you even answer that? How many times was Kintone called by each person? Ah, fuck if I know. Come on. <laughs> right. Those are kind of, I don't know. Obviously, they're really to test their knowledge. But at times, I, th- I thought it would have been more interesting to see like the sort of hidden things that I had really... Right. focused on yeah yeah like how many times is toriyama drawn within an actual panel of the manga as a character rather than you know just making an announcement uh within a panel okay so that's a interesting little addition yes. to the question there as far as i know there's three mm-hmm. but 
one of them is very obscure and hard to make out if you don't have the Kanzenban. Right. And there's like two more with him just making announcements like in the final chapter and the chapter before that. Anyway. So how about the episode as a whole? Was it a great experience checking it out? Did it kind of rekindle your yes as fans were all great and it's so wonderful that we can come together it seemed that way from watching the yeah episode. definitely i mean the episode as broadcast uh was cut down way too much and they tried to cram too many other things into it that were not dragon ball i mean obviously as a fan i'm biased but the recording itself it was really an experience i mean I saw Gyarmath Bogdan wearing a boo hat standing up in the crowd. I, <laughs> I saw the director of Battle of Gods, Masahiro Hosoda, watching. He wasn't pointed out at all in, in the episode itself, but he was there. And I spoke to him briefly while I was still able to say words. <laughs> right. And I got my picture taken with him. So that was pretty cool. Fair enough. You both, you both look wonderfully awkward in that photo, by the way. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, my, my natural state is awkward, so... That's a par for the course. No, no, he, he's about 200 times more awkward than you are in that photo. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this foreigner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, go on. Basically, uh, I wanted to talk to the other pros, but they were all pretty busy. I got um, Ioku to sort of pose for a picture, but I wasn't in it. But they all kind of had stuff to do, obviously. Sure. So they were off and gone. But Kay actually took aside uh, Hidenori Arai for a little bit and talked to him about the series and about... Uh, Battle of Gods and the Boo Arc of Kai, and um, I guess I might as well go and sit, go ahead and say he's the one who who said, well, you, you know, people aren't really supposed to know about that yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which has also been in the let's say quote unquote news this last week, but there's really nothing for us to cover from our perspective. But we are hoping yes. to be able to do so soon. So stay tuned for yes. more about that. Uh, but yeah, it was a really cool experience. The people, uh, let's see, Picking Duck had to go to work, so he was off and gone. <laughs> right. uh, but the other members of the Oendon thing that I was part of and I had some dinner together and we're all still sort of um, corresponding online. And a few of the members of the quiz itself have also joined us in our little group. So it's pretty cool. I think we're all hoping for another chance to do this. Yes. I mean, I'm not looking for the looking forward to the media deluge that might accompany another film, but <laughs> the the other perks would be nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds great. I'm I'm really glad you got a chance to go check it out again and just being able to meet Hosoda and other folks. I mean, Tadayoshi Yamamura was there in front of you. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And um, not Dragon Ball related, but I also met the, I forget if he's the current editor of One Piece, but uh, Jean-Baptiste Akira Hattori. The uh, amazingly handsome uh, yes. editor. I think I've and seen I pictures. Was, I, I was at a loss for words. <laughs> I wanted to introduce myself, but the, the words wouldn't come out. Yeah. He's so dreamy. Listen to you. All right, man. Do you have any final thoughts on the episode? Great experience. Absolutely. We'll do it again. Maybe I'll even get in the quiz next time. I don't know. A++ would do business again. Exactly. (laughs) So we're going to leave that behind. Uh, Along with this episode, click through the links that we provide in the show notes. You'll get the answers to the questions that we uh, talked about here. And at least one of the bonus extra questions that Julian mentioned. Uh, Wonderful. Thanks, man. No problem. All right. Before we wrap up the episode, speaking of questions, we have a couple that uh, some of you tossed out to us that we want to keep on top of, really. <clears throat> the first thing comes to us from Twitter, from Metal Gear Pyro, and he says, Have you ever played DBZ Hyperdimension? Also, what's your opinion on Gohan Angers? Uh, Hyperdimension. Yes, of course I played it. Come on, I'm old. I play games. Uh, I have said it before, I think Hyperdimension's a little bit overrated of a game, but it does do some pretty amazing things. The sprites are amazingly detailed for a Super Famicom game, a good selection of stages, and I think the way it handles power and life bars and stuff is uh, a little bit forward thinking for the franchise, especially at that time of fighting games. I enjoyed it. I own it. I'm glad to own it. Good game. Gohan Angers. I'm thinking that this is either the title of an episode in Funimation's English dub or the name of a song from the Falconer production score of the English dub, neither of which I could tell you anything about. Uh, apparently it's a piece of music. Okay, so it's sort of right. This sounds like it's probably Falconer score. Okay, so yeah, none of us would know it. 
Well, can't answer your question. Sorry. All right. Next one here. Dan. Hi there, Mike, Mary, Julian, Jeff, anyone that have missed out. Jeff hasn't been here for a while, but the reason they mentioned Jeff, I'm a fairly long-term listener of the podcast back from the middle of the manga review of awesomeness. One question I would like to ask is, do you think that any of the Daizenshu, apart from number one, will ever see an English translation? As I can't read Japanese. Also, has the Viz translation ever been released in the UK, where I'm from? Many thanks, guys, and may the site be forever full of new content. Now, Julian, I think we mentioned this somewhat recently with the release of the Chosen Shoe. A Daizen Shoe translation at this point in time is far more unlikely than perhaps an adaptation, maybe not even of the Chosen Shoe, unfortunately, but maybe the Choga Shoe. Yes. So the fact is, these are very text-intensive books, and they would require a lot of devotion to put out in English. And, you know, between Jake and myself, we've done a lot of translations out of the Daizen Shoe, but there's still a lot that's in there. And, you know, these people get paid for their work, so... <laughs> Right, I mean, that would be a lot of money. It's an overwhelming amount of translation and layout work, and we're not even sure, as seen by some of the comparisons of the material in the Chozenshu, if master pages of the Daizenshu even exist anymore to go back to. Seems like there would have to be quite a bit of digital painting over to work on those books where they're going to be international releases. So I think you're kind of out of luck on those right now. Uh, in terms of an international release of Viz's English translation, I don't think it was formally released in the UK. So if you are looking to pick that up, you're probably going to be importing uh, at this point. But if you have various options, you got the Shonen Jump size, you got the Viz Bigs, you've got those cheaper three-in-ones that start coming out, I think in June. So we're not too far off from those. So you got some options, but uh, it's just that options. You don't have an easy one. Yeah. So can I take the next one? Because I, I have an answer. Okay, sure. So Stride Gum writes us to say, by the way, it's not bad as a gum. Anyway, uh, I only have one question. There's a rumor that Toriyama initially wanted Bulma and Goku to be together. Is that true? Julian, this is the kind of question where it's, I heard a rumor. Did you read it on Dragon Ball Wiki? Yeah, but done. Yes, but um, I don't know about Toriyama. The things I've read, and I've read a lot of his own statements. You he sure have. never said anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but Masako Nozawa apparently felt that Bulma and Goku should be together initially. And then, well, she was, she decided, or, well, Bulma got with Yamcha for a while, and okay, then if not Bulma and Goku, then it should be Bulma and Yamcha. And then Bulma got together with Vegeta, and everybody, including Masako Nozawa, was going, huh? what? <laughs> right. So, not Toriyama himself, but Goku's voice, and in, in a way, almost Goku himself, by that logic, uh, Masako Nozawa sort of wanted them to be together at first. Well, there you go. Maybe that's uh, some source for this, but no, no statement from Toriyama, anything like that. Anytime you read Akira Toriyama wanted to dot dot dot, probably just toss it out the window or come to us and we'll answer for you. So that works too. <laughs> All right. Yeah, uh, there you go. Let's do one more here from Duo Pierce. Uh, I think. Tried getting this in last episode, but just missed our cutoff from when we recorded. Dear hosts whom have yet to be revealed. Well, it's Julian and I. That's who you got right now. Among the entire cast of Dragon Ball characters, who do you consider to be the most underused in the story? Many cite the human characters on this subject, but I'd like to hear a good explanation as to why and how said character could have been used differently to a greater effect. Conversely, who do you think was used to the greatest possible effect? Also, which of the movies do you think has the best soundtrack, best wishes, and much love? I'm going to start at the end here and talk about something that we didn't mention in the early stuff of the episode. I think DBZ Movie 1 has some amazing music, which was put to great use this last week from some wonderful Latin American fans with a music video and a song. Did you watch, Julian? Yes, I watched it, and it, um, <laughs> it's interesting. It's kind of the greatest thing ever. Yes. So, Kay translated a little bit of this in um, um, chat between me and some of the other Hokotate people. Oh, really? And saying, well, so, you know, gotta sing and dance. This is cumbia, which is, I guess, like a kind of music that's supposed to get you moving and excited. Often about, okay, yeah. Uh, Cumbia? What is it? Yes. And um, there's also a part at the end where they say they want to uh, gather the Dragon Balls and ask the dragon if Mario Castaneda is going to be in the new movie. <laughs> right. He's the, 
He's the Latin American Spanish voice of Goku who was banished from Dragon Ball Kai because apparently they didn't have enough money right. to have him in the cast. Yes, we've talked and about the And fans were very upset. <laughs> so Pitchforks. Just going with that, um, as in terms of movie music, movie one has some great stuff. And the piece here, I forget the M number already, but it's do 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 Okay. Wonderful, wonderful music. So, Julian, uh, your favorite movie music? Uh, I'm going to go with movie three, to be honest. All right. And is it because of... No. Actually, it's not that that piece. It's the... There's a one with trumpets, and then there's a reprise with a a female voice singing. But it's the one... Yes, that's that one. Yes, wonderful. I I always really like that one. Let's go back to the earlier questions then. Uh, An underused character, who do you think was underused? Underused? Well, I thought, especially in the early Dragon Ball, they used characters fairly well. I agree. They brought back some of the characters from the Badokai, if only to be killed by Piccolo's henchmen. And the shapeshifters had some role to play and that sort of thing. I think in Dragon Ball Z, they kind of fell by the wayside. I thought sort of Chaozu's telekinetic powers were sort of forgotten. Mm -hmm. I thought the characters who died and went to Kaiosama's planet to train kind of, well, except for Piccolo, they never really got to show off the results of that training. Yeah, I mean, the classic answers are always Yamcha and Tenshin Han and throw Chaozu in yeah. there too. Uh, I also think that some of the human characters from um, earlier on, especially, I think the repercussions of the Red Ribbon arc, you had the mad scientist who didn't actually exist in the story at that right. point, but they could have played well Toriyama could have played up on the whole idea of the Red Ribbon being this paramilitary organization with a very wide reach and having you know people coming out of the woodwork who were either a remnant or perhaps even those who had a a score to settle with the Red Ribbon or something like that but I don't know with the remnants right you know going after someone like number 18 or something I don't know Hmm. it's not Toriyama's style but yeah yeah in that respect and not maybe a character specifically but an or- as an organization, I thought the Red Ribbon, apart from the cell art, could have been, mm. I don't know, examined a little better. I thought um, in terms of the best used character, probably Mr. Satan. Yes. His role in the series and the kind of person that he is, is really expanded upon and sort of gone through. He starts out as this joke character, but they really examine, well, what does it mean where he's, he is this, you know, serious martial artist who happens to be a big showboat and self-promoter who has been saddled with the reputation of having defeated Cell despite having done no such thing. And they really, uh, and they, I mean, Toriyama, obviously, he really works with that. And I think it really shows how much of a favorite Toriyama sort of had him as, that he really examined his character in depth, even though he never really stops being a comedy relief character. He is fairly well-developed. So human by the end of the series. And I don't mean that in the pejorative, oh, lols the humans in Dragon Ball way. I mean, he's a, a truly multi-dimensional character by the end there. Uh, a couple points. Red Ribbon Army, I know, gets pulled into Dragon Ball Online. So there's some extra stuff there with the Red Ribbon Army if you're looking for some expansion of the story. Uh, and I totally agree with your Mr. Satan as the second part of that question. In terms of underused characters from me, I would have loved to have seen some more uh, Upa and Bora. All we really get is uh, some Genki Dama donation at the end of the series. Uh, would have loved to trip back to them at some point just to see what's going on at the very least. But... That's it. Yeah, I mean, at the end, uh, it looks to be that uh, Upa has a wife and maybe a child. Yeah, maybe some uh, throw the kid into the junior division or something. I mean, bring him back. I'd love to see something like that. Yeah. But uh, at least we got a little extra with them in Dragon Ball Movie 3. But it's just kind of the same story again there. Right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> There's my answer. There's our answer. So let's bring it to a close here. Julian, it was wonderful catching up with you, just you and I this week. Uh, Heath has a little one with a sinus infection. I'm actually fighting off a little uh, thing in my throat right now. I'm kind of hoping I'm not going to have to take any more days off. I just took vacation. I don't have to take sick days after vacation. That would be dumb. Yes, that would be very sad. All right, why don't you tell the kids, where can they find Kan Zen Shu? Yes, Kan Zen Shu can be found on the internet, along with some maybe other stuff that you really ought not to be visiting on the internet, like 
I don't know, sites that shall not be named and lots of YouTube videos. Just, you know, if, if, if something ever starts with, I heard it from something on YouTube, stop. <laughs> just stop, stop right there. Just stop. Yes. Oh, anyway, we, we're on a website that's found at the URL www.kanzenshuu.com. That's kanzenshuu.com. We got that linked off that. We got the Twitter. We got the Facebook. We got the Google+. Plus. I don't know if Heath keeps updating the Google+, Plus because I kind of stopped looking. I don't really know what's going <laughs> on over there. Sorry. <laughs> we got that. Yes. So let's wrap it up. For me, Mike Vegito EX. We got Julian over there. Of course, for our buddies, Jake, Herms, and Hujio Heath. All of our extended friends and family here at Kanzenju. This was episode 332. Be back at you next week for episode 333, heading into May of 2013. See you later, folks. Julian, wrap it up. All right. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Kanzenju, the podcast. Catch you next time.